That's you ready? It. Yep. Let's do it. Nope, I'm not ready. <laughs> what the fuck? What a tease. That's embarrassing. You're working on that thumb. Egg on my face. Jesus Christ. But your uh, hair looks great. Oh, dude. Yeah, I wasn't even going to say morning. Just was going to say, look at my fucking hair. Everyone dude. on this audio podcast, look at my hair. It looks great. It's so good. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Uh, <laughs> morning. Welcome to Don't Feed the Artist. I'm Hagen. I'm Dave. I'm Adam, and I didn't know we were doing this, but... I'm ready. That's what I'm fucking talking about. And I'm Jackson, and much like Neil Patrick Harris and the Tony Awards, you can't get fucking rid of me, guys. No much, <laughs> no matter how much you try. I was gonna ask you when you thought of that joke, but the way you just stumbled over it, it must have been just now. No, it, yeah, maybe it was about thirty minutes ago. Oh, okay. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is gonna this is gonna be a spicy episode. I gotta get it in. I gotta start. I gotta start now. It doesn't. It doesn't have to be. It, I need it to it be. Will be. It's important. Yeah. Well, so we took a week off, and it's just because we're all busy boys and we're all um, working and whatnot. So you know, you got to get that extra spice. And Hagen and I talked about legitimately just getting on uh, in the lapse of an episode. We were like, let's just get on and bicker for an hour and then put that out in the world. We didn't, but we bickered about it in the group text. No, I'm kind of sad you didn't. I'm, I'm sad, too. I think that would have been good. That would have been really good. I, 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 I wish we would have done it. I was, I was down to do it, and then my dog took a shit and ate it. So, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? And if would that's that be, not that... a sign, I don't know what it is. <laughs> that would be uh, freeform number four. <laughs> Something free, like that. Free, freeform number four is just Lucy taking a shit and eating it. <laughs> I think that's most of this show. It's just <laughs> just Lucy taking a shit and eating it. It makes her really happy and no one else cares. I assume that's probably what got Neil Patrick Harris to stop uh, hosting the Tony Awards. What are you and, on? You know, what is this? <laughs> yeah, what is is this relevant? Is anything relevant anymore? It's 2020, Good question. Baby. I'm Good drinking question. coffee. It's 8 p.m. It's just a day. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we got a lot of news, and we got a what is likely to be a pretty uh, lengthy topic, so let's get into it. Starting with news, um, up top, the most important one that I think everyone knows that we're going to talk about, ACDC announced that uh, Brian Johnson, Phil Rudd, and Quiff, Cliff Williams have rejoined the band, and they've detailed a new album called Power Up, and they removed all the vowels, but then they realized half of the word up is a vowel, so they put the <laughs> U back in it. So, <laughs> cheers. They were just, they're, they're getting so old that they need to flex that they can still have power peas. <laughs> yeah. This will be the first album without uh, co-founder um, Malcolm Young, who is Angus Young, the guitarist's brother, so it's kind of sad, but they're all old, you know? Uh, that I don't know if y'all remember, but whenever they were touring last, this is their first album in I think like five years, maybe more. But uh, their drummer was uh, he got a, some kind of like drug charges and then like conspiracy to uh, 
uh, hire a hitman on his wife or something like that. It was crazy. And he's back in the band now. So uh, kudos. And the things Brian money jo- can do for you. Exactly. And then Brian Johnson had to leave. He's the singer. He had to leave the band because uh, his doctor basically said, if you keep playing at these loud rock shows, you're going to go deaf. Like you only have a couple more shows left and you'll go deaf. So Turns out left. all they did was introduce him to in-ear monitors. <laughs> For real. Yeah, and then obviously, as I said, you know, a, a member died and the brother of one of the most famous members. So, I mean, kudos to ACDC. I know how that album's going to sound. If you like ACDC, we're, we're rolling back into the same shit. So, yeah, kudos. I'm glad to see that they're chugging along, though. Um, yeah, nothing really to talk about there, I don't think. Yeah, but you um, keep going. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Here's an interesting one that I just wrote right before this. Um, the White Stripes, um, they announced a Greatest Hits, Hits album titled My Sister Thanks You and I Thank You. I find it really funny. It seems like a, That seems like a weird band to have a Greatest Hits. It almost feels like Jack White would be against that. I agree. And I, I would also expect it to be only released on some sort of weird fancy vinyl. Most, but most greatest hits are are not done by the artist. They're most mostly done by labels. So I don't know. I don't know how like the White Stripes release stuff works. I don't know if that's on a label that he owns or not. Uh, it is okay. Well, then, then it, I don't it's know. Through Third Man. I mean, it's not distributed through Third Man, but he is. The, that's where all their music right. is yeah, released then, from now. Is the timing of it related to uh, any anniversaries of any albums? There, it was a pretty lackluster uh, announcement. Just saying, hey. We're, it's, we're releasing a Greatest Hits album. I think it's like 30 songs. It's a lot. There's only one song that's been confirmed, which is Ball in a Biscuit. And when they announced the Greatest Hits album, they released this uh, previously unreleased uh, live version of Ball in a Biscuit. So, you know. Maybe maybe Meg White's not yeah. doing too hot. Maybe she needs some help. Maybe that's what it is. I, I, that seems unlikely, though, because they have a lot coming in, I'm sure, from royalties and shit. But, oh, dude, yeah. I, I, every student I've ever had has been like, teach me Seven Nation Army. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. Uh, I was going to say, I could see this being a big like joke to him. Just just thinking that it'd be funny to put out a Greatest Hits album for their you know relatively short run, all things considered. But it looks like it's for uh, a deluxe like thing for their vault subscription service thing. So I don't even know if it'll be a widely available album or if it's only available to those people. I'd be so de- uh, bummed if I was part of that like vinyl subscription service that you're talking about, and then I got a greatest hits album. Would- <laughs> yeah, because you already have all these albums. Exactly. They've already done them. Yeah, like greatest hits are for people who want to get into a band. But if you're part of like Jack White's labels subscription service you listen to the white stripes and likely have all of their vinyl so i don't know that's weird but yeah that seems strange to me i digress into much more happier simple news Nicki minaj welcomed her first child uh whenever Nicki minaj i think is officially quote-unquote retired whatever that means when you're an artist like this but i remember reading whenever she release hey i'm not releasing music anymore uh it was for reasons that she wanted to just kind of she wasn't able to with her schedule uh settle down and like have her family she wanted to have children with her husband and all that so you know kudos to her uh congrats now you have uh started that family and it 
glad to hear your retirement's going well. Uh, I don't think there's any details on uh, what the baby's name is, what the baby's gender, anything like that. So, I think sometimes when when artists like that get to a certain amount of net worth, uh, you you hear about it and go like, man, you know, I maybe I would just stop doing that and like live comfortably for the rest of my life. And if that's what she's actually doing, then absolutely kudos to her because that's really cool. Yeah, because she really hit like, especially in that genre, but just like in music in general, she hit like the peak of the peak, you know, everyone knows her name. Um, and yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And if you feel like, hey, I've said what I needed to say, and then you just want to kind of take a back seat. And then who knows, maybe five years down the line, she, you know, inspiration hits her and she's just like, boom, releases another, you know, more great music. So yeah, that that seems like a great place to be in. I would rather be someone who's, re- I think she's only had like four albums, like release four really solid albums than to be out there releasing like 15 albums just because I can't, I got to make money. Well, and she she's like guest, she's been a featured artist on like, you know, tens of tracks. Yeah. Takashi 669. I'm. <laughs> 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 <of>, nice save. <laughs> Tens of tracks. That just sounds like she hasn't done much. It's we, she's done so much, but when you say tens yeah, that, of tracks, that sounded it's like, like an insult. But I know you didn't. <laughs> yeah, I no. I mean, I'm just I'm talking le- like like legally, logistically about numbers. It's like <laughs> recording on a hundred tracks is a fucking lot of work. Yeah, dude. She yeah. was on that Kanye West album before she was had even released her album. I think even in one of her verses on that Kanye West, uh, my beautiful whatever the fuck it's called. Um, it, she <laughs> mentions in it like blah 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 for a verse no album out and she's just like yeah like she was killing it from the beginning but i digress into uh, uh this won't shock you guys at all i have phoebe bridgers news she uh started her cool. own so i can go to the bathroom label. i can go to the bathroom now right yeah, yeah just take but a break. <laughs> don't don't get don't go out of screen just go right now let us watch hagen um phoebe bridgers started her that. own <laughs> I'm gonna finish I need this adult. if I if it kills me. <laughs> Phoebe Bridgers started her own record label called The Satisfactory. Um, it interesting time to start a record label. She has said How's that she spelled? has already. Saddest Factory. It's two nice. words. Nice. Wait, why is this a weird time to start a record label? Uh, because you know it's 2020, and you know the music industry releasing music is kind of a hard difficult thing right now so well, i know Phoebe Bridgers i think is, it's the opposite isn't it because releasing music is the only thing we can do we can't play so it's the only yeah, it's the, it's the only part. option i still don't think a label is like the best thing but i mean it, it's if the label includes distribution and all that other stuff then that's cool uh i mean yeah, yeah I, I don't think i don't think 2019 was a good time to start a label or 2018 for that matter i agree <laughs> I, I i was just more thinking money wise it is an especially deep pit now that is going to be harder to get out of just because right. a lot of, as we've discussed, you know, whenever you release music, that's not necessarily how you make the money. It's the touring and whatnot. So that's more what I was thinking. I'm was, happy was, to hear it no matter what. Was she on a label and left a label to start this new one? She's, uh, they opened it. It's going to be a subsidiary of that label that oh, she okay. was on. So, I'm assuming that she'll have rights to, if she doesn't already have rights to all of her masters and things like that now, like for her previous releases, that she will from here on out. Yeah. Otherwise, it would make no sense to do that kind of a 
maybe you could call it a lateral move. Yeah. I, I don't think that that would be something we would ever hear about until much further on down the line. I would love to hear that. Just a, hey, I started a record label. It was like one of the quickest ways I could get my master's back. So uh, just sign on a couple <laughs> artists I like. Yeah, and that's because Kanye called her and was like, hey, Phoebe, I'm, I'm peeing on a Grammy right now. Uh, you should start your own label. <laughs> and Phoebe was like, crazy, me too. And she said, cool. Yeah, tweet that. Uh, uh, so uh, I had uh, another... <laughs> Uh. <laughs> is that just how 2020 feels yeah it's, yes. it's how it feels hagan let's let's do your news topics and then dave can talk about his death corner or his okay. dangled in whatever he feels like it's not ever going to be called dangled in so inappropriate uh, I mean, only only true fans know that it's called the dangled in only true fans Okay, so uh, this was kind of old news, but it just came back up again. Um, the Supreme Court declined to hear the, a case um, alleging Led Zeppelin plagiarized Stairway to Heaven. Um, so this was already like decided in March. There was a ruling that was in favor of Led Zeppelin, and then they tried to take it to the Supreme Court, and um, the Supreme Court was like, no, we got probably other stuff to do. Um, <laughs> which is, I, I think that's a good idea. Um, the, the lawyer for, I didn't know about this part. The lawyer for, um, the, the person suing them, uh, Michael Skidmore, who's the trustee for, uh, Randy California, who wrote the song Taurus. It's um, a great name for a lawyer. <laughs> Michael Skidmore. Yeah. So he, so he, he, he had a quote, um, about this and uh he said okay so no he was he was the original one and then there was another lawyer named francis malafee and uh he that lawyer said that uh they won on a technicality because the way that they supposedly won is they showed sheet music instead of the song and that's how they won the case and he's ecologists and he said and i think that's a very disheartening i think that's very disheartening for the creatives and it's a big win for multi-billion dollar music industries and i kind of feel that's like at the it's the opposite like the whole thing with the zeppelin case yeah maybe that person deserves some money but like the whole thing with it is like back then especially with rock all songs were just the, the way we learned them was through other people playing them so yeah, it's a massive song, and Taurus wasn't a massive song, but I don't I don't think that writing the sheet music out versus letting people hear it really is like the technicality here. I don't know. I think they are similar songs though. If you haven't heard the the if you haven't heard Taurus, go listen to Taurus. It's very interesting. Um, listen to it on Spotify. <laughs> 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 um. So then, uh, Dolly Parton she released a Christmas album last week. And she's been doing like the the rounds for it, just the interview stuff. And she did an interview on the Graham Norton show, and uh, she talked about um, "I Will Always Love You." She talked about Whitney Houston's version of it, and she talked about the first time that she heard it. Basically, they were like, "Hey, can we use the song? Can we use your song?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's I don't care." And she didn't hear anything about it until she's driving home one day, and the song comes on the radio, and she has no idea that it's her song until like it hits the chorus or whatever the quote is i was driving home in my car from my office going through brentwood a little town where i live in nashville and i just heard this voice come on the radio it kind of rang a bell to me but i did it didn't hit because she was kind of talking it 
I had to pull off to the side of the road. Seriously, it was one of the most overwhelming feelings I've ever had. To hear that done so well, so beautiful, so big, I had no idea I had written a song that could be that important. And I didn't. I think she just took it and made it so much more than what I would have ever been. Than what it would have ever been. Which is crazy. That's a really beautiful thing to hear. Fuck. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the yeah. like the Trent Reznor, Johnny Cash one, because like Trent Reznor just notoriously says like, "Oh, that's not my song anymore." So yeah, yeah, that's really great to hear that, and especially not be snooty about it. Yeah, and Dolly Parton's already been nailing it, and like, just I mean, she's always been nailing it. She's awesome. Um, but so this was just another thing that's like, man, that's beautiful to say, and you're just great, Dolly Parton. Keep it up. Um, Absolutely, she's great. We need to do a, a Christmas music episode, maybe this year. Because I fucking hate Christmas music, and I saw a news release that Andrew Bird is releasing a Christmas album, and I was like, okay, <laughs> this is it. If I'm going to like Christmas music, it's going to be this one. I thought it was going to be the Sufjan Stevens Christmas album, which, by the way, is like 100 fucking songs. Ugh. Kill me now. But, uh, yeah, no, it's got to be Andrew Bird, or I'm just out on Christmas music until I die. So, so say, can we get Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross to do a Christmas album? No, that's for you, Adam, not me. There's there's one word in the whole thing. <laughs> is the word Christmas or is it like something? No, it's really... Trent Reznor going, Christ. <laughs> that's God damn, you nailed that, Dave. That's exactly what it'd be. Christ. Uh so oh my, my last God. my last piece of news is that um so Mariah Carey released a uh, a memoir or whatever recently and uh it's like this has been coming out from it recently this is the big thing one of the big things coming out from the memoir that in 1995 she uh kind of created an alter ego an alter persona like we had been talking about before called chick and it's so she could record a grunge album and it exists she did it's somewhere in the world she recorded a grunge album wait Uh, is it released like could we find it I, I had I had heard somewhere that you can find something, but I don't know where it is. Um, so I, I yeah, it's it's it, it exists somewhere. Apparently, the thing you can find is not her voice. Apparently, she wrote the songs and somebody else sang on it. But the intention was that it was going to be like her grunge project. She was going to sing on it, all this stuff. But yeah, very very interesting. I I like I, I don't know what Mariah Carey was doing before '95, but it's interesting to hear that in 95 she goes i'm gonna i'm gonna change i'm gonna do an alter ego and the alter ego's name is chick and it's gonna be a (laughs) grunge album (laughs) dude i don't know what she was doing before or after 1995 (laughs) well before Uh, 95 yeah i was gonna say before 95 she had a a, uh budding career as a solo female artist and then after 95 it was that one christmas song Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bell rock. That's so I it, guess right? that, that's the one. Yeah. So I guess this is uh, definitely a sign that we have to do a, a Christmas music episode now. You were right. All right. I'm holding out. Al- I'm holding album to it. <laughs> I mean, that's fun. <laughs> I don't hate Christmas music as much as you do. So I hate it with a deep passion. Like I get pretty angry when i hear it, which is the opposite of what that music should be. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not that invested in disliking it. I like Blue Moon. I think that's a good song. And is that a for Christmas some reason, song? For some reason it is, isn't it? I think so. No. Maybe. Maybe it's just played at Christmas time. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a Christmas song. 
I have one of those uh, billboards at my apartment that says um, it's been blank number of days since you've heard um, last Christmas. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing pretty well right now. I'm at like 200 something, but it's only a matter of, in like a month. It's going to be like every single fucking day I'm going to hear last Christmas, jingle bells, jingle bells. Dave, yeah, did anybody die? <laughs> <laughs> Great segue, bud. Thunder. That's no. it, right? No. Jingle bell, jingle bell. <laughs> that's that's it. No, uh, this is, well, jump. This is this is like bordering very offensive. <laughs> yeah. Because unfortunately, Eddie Van Halen passed away. Is it sixty five years old? And uh it was cancer. It was tongue cancer specifically. No, wasn't it throat cancer? But yeah, that or was those throat. the same uh, thing. Well, I think they they might be the same thing because he's he well he said it was tongue cancer and he said Uh-oh. that even though he did even though he smoked and did a lot of drugs the thing that that caused the cancer was putting guitar picks in his mouth and for a long time he was using like copper and various forms of uh, yeah other metal like guitar picks yeah. And yeah, so he, I, I saw that headline too, and I was like, I don't know if he knows that's what caused that, but I mean, maybe it probably didn't help. But. Well, and part part of the quote is, uh, I think that's what it is, and the doctor said it's plausible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's had it for a long time too, right? It's Since 2015. Like, I, th- I think it was longer than that, wasn't it? I thought it was like something oh, like maybe. 2001. I remember seeing something like it's been like 15 years or something, maybe more. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But like the all jokes aside, it really is like uh, I've I with the people I come into contact with, and it's not that many. Almost every one of them is, has been like, did you hear about Eddie Van Halen? It's like a really important figure in a lot of people's lives. Maybe, Absolutely. you know, if you're not into that kind of music, but your favorite guitar player has been influenced by Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what I was going to say, is that I saw so many posts being like, I'm not an Eddie Van Halen fan, but it, it, it would be foolish for me to ignore the influence onto what he did to other players that I love, or even just like in the back of my head hearing something that that, that, that he did at some point, you know? Uh, so there that... That influence lasts forever. It's gonna. It, it's 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 insane. Yeah, I mean, I had a student that uh, heard about his passing right before our lesson, and that student cried for the first five minutes of our lesson. Damn. And I was all in my head. I'm I'm like, that sucks a lot. But also, I'm like, let's do this lesson. <laughs> Well, and so maybe we can end this with like a little a little good tidbit about uh, Eddie Van Halen is that I was telling uh, my girlfriend about this, that like he was one of the first people to like really popularize like tapping on guitar. So they have that song Eruption. I, I don't know if he, you know, he invented it or whatever. I'm sure there was some classical like flamenco guitarist who like was tapping and shit, but he was the one who really brought it to the mainstream. And so they have this song called Eruption, if you haven't heard it, and it's got this part that's like, oh, shit, what, how is he doing this? Whenever they released it, people, guitarists were like, damn, how, what, what is that noise? Like, how is he doing that with his guitar? And 
So they released the song, and then at the shows, people would basically like hone in on him whenever that song came on and would stare at him. And what he would do, because he was so worried about people like seeing what he had and uh, like taking, ripping off his tapping, is he'd turn around and do the guitar part like back to the audience because he was so worried about people ripping him off. And I was like, damn, imagine that. Coming up with something that's so like mind-breaking to the like, population that uh, listens to van halen and then just saying like oh my god my trade secrets imagine music like what is a trade secret to music today like that's crazy yeah there 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 aren't really any and if if there are some you can figure out how to do it digitally pretty easily yeah the first instance of something like that i heard of was this trumpet player uh back in the day when when like swing jazz was starting to get into like the faster stuff faster bebop stuff this one trumpet player would put a towel over his hand so that the other trumpet players couldn't see what he was doing. But that was probably in front of like 20 people. (laughs) Stuff like that is so funny. It was in front of the other trumpet players. Yeah, exactly. 20 (laughs) trumpet players, but like Eddie Van Halen's like, there's, you know, 20,000 people. Right. Yeah. Imagine messing up eruption in front of 20,000 people. I bet even if he messed up eruption, it would still be amazing. Yeah. Yep. So rest in peace, so, Eddie Van rest Halen. In peace. Uh, Van Halen. I know it's been speculated for years now because they haven't played since 2015, but the band is, you know, effectively defunct now. So rest in peace, Van Halen. A lot of good songs. You know, I kind of grew up past that style of music, but I definitely learned a lot from it. So uh, thank you very much for the. Yeah, music. I mean, I think everybody listens to them growing up and finding new music. So yeah, I think that I think that would be an interesting biopic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we move on into our topic, which you can see at the at the top of your browser. If you're driving, look down at your phone right now. You it clicked the damn thing. Doing. It says it. We're, we're, we're talking about streaming. And the reason why we thought this would be a good topic, a, a topical time to talk about this topic, try saying that one time fast, and uh is because we're finally we're on the spotify after years of shit talking it we the the podcast is on spotify so some of you may be listening to us through spotify um and we're going to talk about streaming not just spotify but um i will open up with saying i have been a staunch uh you know not uh, maybe staunch isn't the right word i have been an advocate for not using streaming and you know, trying to give artists more money and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But I have for the past, I think, four months, I got a uh, Spotify subscription just because I was curious. I wanted, I got one of those six months for like a dollar things just to finally, you know, okay, if I'm going to talk so much shit on it, why don't I do it for six months just to actually see, you know, the allure of stuff. So that's kind of where I sit. I know, Adam, you're kind of in the same boat as me. You don't use any streaming do you yeah i did use apple music for a little bit like right when it came out probably the first half a year after that maybe and then an album that i knew i owned and had a copy in my library just disappeared one day and said i couldn't play it it was a david bowie album actually and i was like i know i have that i didn't get it from y'all and now i can't play it and this is bullshit so i quit never looked back and I don't feel like I'm missing out on much other than the discovery aspect of it, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But 
Yeah, I'm just uh, I'd use the local library of files like an old person. Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. I remember, uh, you know, buying CDs, and there were there were a couple of uh, subscription services, kind of you know, uh, foreshadowing where we're at now, where you could pay Columbia uh, a certain amount of dollars a month, and they would send you six CDs. And then if you like the CDs, you could keep them and pay a little bit more to keep them. And then I remember Napster coming along and being like, oh, my God, you get all this free music. So th- for me, that was the, the way that I grew up. So then when a friend of mine introduced me to Spotify, I was like, this is insane. This is really useful. It was before I even thought about, like, artists are not making money from it. So, the, yeah, I use Spotify a lot. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, I, I use Spotify all the time. I use it every day. I use it for music. I'm forced to use it for podcasts because my favorite podcast is Spotify exclusive, and I'm upset about that. But uh, otherwise, I love using it for music. Um, obviously, we're going to get into the, the, the nitty-gritty of, of why it could be potentially bad. Uh, but I, I think that what Spotify offers is just – what streaming services offer in general – is where we were heading. I'll, I'll, I'll like. I think, like you said, Dave, it was the the thing that the the subscription service was a precursor. I think that no matter what, we were heading this direction. And I don't think there was. I think the oh, there was only one thing that could have been done to stop this, and that would have been a drastic change in the way the industry works. Damn, um, I thought you were gonna say Lars could have won. Yeah, I totally thought you were bringing I don't, Lars back. I don't think I don't think <laughs> Lars I don't think Lars would have mattered um, because I think that the, the 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 true culprit in this you could say Napster, but not culprit. But I'll say that like I mean the first thing that I can think of, and this this wasn't the first time it happened, but is the first thing I can think of that like solidified this future is buying songs off of iTunes. That was what solidified this. And I was thinking about this a lot, and I was thinking, you know. Is Spotify evil? Is streaming evil? No, I don't think it is. But uh, I mean, where? How did we get here? And a large part of that is you could buy songs, uh, like just one single song, and then and how they, else does that evolve? It was always ninety nine cents, right? Uh, and then and then it went to a dollar twenty nine for some stuff. So even that, if we if if you look at like the average cost of an album at the time that that happened, it was probably around twenty dollars for a CD. And so some CDs would have, uh, let's say that it's $20 because I don't know the math. Some CDs might have 12 songs. Some CDs might have nine. Some might have four really long songs. But the industry standard was a certain amount of dollars for a CD, right, when, it, when they were all in stores. And then when it goes to iTunes, that doesn't sound like a bad deal because you have a dollar a song or a dollar twenty-nine. Did you say, Jackson? No, that yeah, Hagen said that, yeah. but yeah, it or, was sorry. like a dollar twenty nine uh, towards the latter half of iTunes. Uh, right. So yeah, it's they basically just introduced price tiers, so artists who could get away with charging a dollar twenty nine could. Oh, okay. So Versus even before then, before it was everyone was ninety nine cents. It, yeah. At that point, the industry was still largely the same, so you could still make a good amount of money from that sort of a thing. Yeah, and that dollar twenty nine was always like it was pop artists, and then. Some of the bigger name acts, like bigger name rock acts, like I don't think Muse did it, but I could see a band like Muse doing that, cause, or Red Hot Chili Peppers, stuff like that. Yeah, it was anyone with an established name 
did. I mean, I think when the Beatles came to iTunes and that was a big deal because they hadn't been on digital music, they were a dollar twenty nine per track. And we'll get into, and I, I don't think we want to hop into math right away, but we'll get into if that was worth it or not because, uh, it like spoiler alert, it might not be worth. It might not be any better than it is now. So, so I think we should start with the case for it because you know there's no need to endlessly you know drudge on this and um not saying we have to section all of our positives to this uh, moment but there definitely there are a lot of good things that come from streaming and we're not just talking about spotify we're talking about everything this includes youtube apple music title music napster whatever you listen to pandora amazon it can be anything but um uh you know when we're talking about most of these are about ten dollars a month um you know, those prices vary wherever you're going or whatever plan you have, but it's a user-friendly way of getting a copious amount of music. And a lot, you know, a lot of people will say all the music in the world, but I've, you know, even had, like Adam was talking about, you know, my favorite album or movie is Inside Lewin Davis, and I went to listen to it on Spotify the other day, the soundtrack, and only about four of the songs from that movie are on there, and that was pretty upsetting to me. But... You know, there's just so much music, and especially when we're talking about a general population who probably doesn't, you know, venture too much out of what they already know. For ten bucks a month, you have everything you want. And when we're talking about ten dollars, you know, that's you know, positively going to get you one album a month if you were just buying physical. And even that is on the low end. Um, so, and then another thing that I really I didn't know this until I read an article about it, and it's just, it's you know, a great point that I don't think most of us think about is that streaming has really leveled the, you know, the field for non-Anglophone musicians. So there are specific examples where BTS was always going to be big. They were always going to be a big K-pop band, but there is a good chance they would have not been as massive in the market that they have been in and the global scale. So there's this kind of like, it removes this barrier where if a K-pop band wants to be big in America, they really have to devote a lot of effort and resource to be big over here. And the same for Latin artists. There's a lot of examples of um, South American or just Latin artists in general that have gotten big because streaming has allowed them to break into the market without you know, uh, this huge marketing budget, which I found super fascinating. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it allowed for, it allows for, I mean, anybody to be heard and it's beautiful in that regard in some, in, in some aspect. I do, I do have a question for the, for the people who don't really use it. And this is a positive question in my eyes, but uh, if I may ask, if you could ballpark, how much do you guys spend on physical music a year? What? In addition to physical stuff, I do buy stuff on Bandcamp pretty often, which is probably more than I would spend just paying for Spotify for a year. So, I mean, it's probably dumb in that regard. But that's the only one I have like a vague idea on. And it's probably like maybe $200 a year on music that's on Bandcamp. Because there's plenty of stuff that like if a new album comes out from an established band... I don't feel bad finding it falling off a truck on the internet, like just finding it somewhere. Is that like an insurance so. thing before you buy like the vinyl or a CD copy? Do what? 
Is that like an insurance thing where you're like, hey, well, this band came out the new record. I don't know if I actually am going to enjoy it. So let me listen well, for, to it online. Stuff on Bandcamp, at least, I'll listen to it before buying it almost always, just because you can do that for almost anyone's release. Um, I mean, it feels better buying stuff on Bandcamp than buying it on you know iTunes or something. But I don't know. It, it doesn't make financial sense, probably, because I've probably could have just paid for Spotify or Apple Music and listened to the same stuff. Right. For you, it doesn't make financial sense. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Jackson, go ahead. I definitely, you know, spend between like 20 to $50 uh, a month on music. And I have started to kind of pull back on my physical media just because I've started to think of the environmental impact of buying all this plastic or, you know, vinyl and really thinking, you know, oh, why do I have to own things? What part of my subconscious needs me to own music? I don't go to movies and tell myself, I have to own this movie. I pay my $10, I enjoy it, and then I walk away. So I would say unless, you know, like Radiohead comes out with a new album that year, and then if they're going to charge me $300 for their deluxe edition, I'm buying it. Um, yeah, yeah, 50 bucks would be my upper uh, per month. For the for the sake of uh, for the sake of continuing the the conversation, I I, all, I spend roughly about fifty bucks, maybe a little bit more a month on vinyl, and I also buy merch from bands. But here's the thing: is that us, Adam? What you do is not like necessarily dumb. It's not financially stupid. It's like a great thing that you can do that you can buy. Oh yeah, you can uh, buy this. I'm shit. saying it's dumb in the fact that I understand why other people don't right. do it. So this is the if thing. you look at it from a purely like financial aspect, it is it is dumb. Well, but, it's it's dumb in the sense of like like you don't have to, but if you can, right. it's amazing and it's it's a great thing to do. But I think that we all are able to recognize the fact that we since we buy music, it comes from a, somewhat of a privileged place because that doesn't really happen anymore. That's not really, and, and maybe that's an issue with the music industry. Maybe that's the maybe that's a larger issue with streaming itself. But the whole concept of streaming in a positive aspect is it allows everyone to release everything and it allows everyone to listen to everything. So it, it gives everyone the chance. So $10 a month is not that big of a deal if someone's on minimum wage. But if I'm going to spend $50 or more a month, that's, that's, a, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty big chunk if I'm, if I'm on minimum wage trying to buy music. And everyone should be able to listen to music. I mean, everybody, everybody has access to t- television and movies. I, I think everybody should have access to music as well. Also, we're talking about $10 a month. Spotify has free versions. A lot of yeah. these, you know, streaming softwares have free versions. You just have to listen to some ads. So, you know, truly, if you're on, you know, minimum wage enough that you cannot afford the $10 a month, there is still Spotify is giving you like, hey, you deserve music. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's just a modern equivalent of radio, basically. But better and that the ads are probably less shitty i imagine well yeah and they have they have options where it's like you can if you listen to this one ad then you don't you'll be ad free for half an hour right and so that's a better situation for everyone really in that regard but i mean i think also spotify like we'll talk about is a big part of it is discovery which you can get for free too mm-hmm. to some degree to find new stuff to listen to and things you would have never otherwise listened to at all whereas if you bought you know, a $20 album in 1985, you would probably just listen to that album for a while. Well, and, and also like, I'll say that 
discovery in music before I was super into Spotify. I used like Reddit a lot. I used stuff like that to find new music. And, uh, you know, if I was buying music or even if I was, like you said, Adam, finding it off the back of the truck on the Internet, if I was doing that, I, I still would like, you know, I would I would spend some time, you know, scrounging through Reddit trying to found, find some shit that I really liked. Uh, instead, now I just can look at my discovery or I can look at like, hey, they made a playlist that's like, hey, here's all of these like, you know, uh, indie songs that you like. And in between each one, here is like another indie song that we think you'll like. Right. And I, yeah. I'm too young to say this, but I, before streaming or you know YouTube or anything was a player when it comes to music, I, the way I found new bands was making sure that I was early enough to the concerts that I was seeing the opening bands. I can't tell you how many of the bands I still listen to this day that I just discovered because I was like, well, I made sure I was there an hour earlier than the headliner. Well, and it's... I was going to say, it's not even just hearing the opening band, but some of the music that they play before anyone's even there at a show, I've found a bunch of bands I like through that. And it's just, you know, whatever the artist wants to have played. Is that using Shazam? Yeah, now it is. Yeah. But I'll also go ahead and say that, like, you know, the fact that we could go to shows and hear bands that were first you know, that is another privileged place that we come from that some people don't go to shows. Some people don't, I mean, a lot of people, not even talking about the privilege part because that is very, very important. But, you know, talking about just the fact of like some people don't come from a background where their family is going to take them to shows or someone may, may not have the interest of going to a show. And so having Spotify is like, man, I love this one song I heard in a movie. And then they can listen to more songs based upon that because Spotify is just going to feed it to them. Um, right. So, I mean, it, you know, there's there's all of those positives that, that, that go along with it. Dave, I cut you off. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. You're totally fine. Well, I was just going to say, uh, I, you know, the average listener, I would say more, like, you know, more than 50% of people who enjoy listening to music don't go to concerts and may never go to a concert unless it's a festival where all their friends are like, let's go to Coachella. Let's go to something like this. Right. So, uh to that point, I think it was also a matter of time before streaming became the main thing. And when you look at the environment outside of music, television is dead. Like cable television is largely dead. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen with movie theaters with the pandemic happening. Everything's heading towards the ultimate convenience. So it's like, it's going to happen. But I think for me, I I really, a positive thing I really get out of having Spotify or whatever you use, as an educator, I have any song that a student's going to bring up to me at my fingertips. And I don't teach from home. So I can just bring that song up and we're right there. Whereas, you know, otherwise, if I had to be home and I have a deep record collection, I don't care how deep your record collection is for Adam or Jackson or Hagen you're not going to have the newest Nicki Minaj song on vinyl. Right. Yeah, that's a very, very good point to make. I think that that also is is very like important to bring across, not even just as a music educator, but just as like, I mean, I don't know how many jobs include having Spotify. Like, I mean, if you work at a bar, then you want Spotify at your bar to just play music, to just play something over the, over the speakers. That's a really, really good point is that it makes a lot of – aspects of having music at an occupation easier jackson go ahead by the way that was a that was a trick question dave threw at us there is no newest Nicki minaj she's retired 
You can't say that. <laughs> Dave, you're so good. Yeah. You're so good, yeah. Dave. That's incredible. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I want to, I don't know if we're about to go into the, the, the points against, but I, I Wait, also- I, I, I had one more thing I wanted to say. So ahead. don't close us out. I'm not closing this out. I, I was just gonna. I was gonna read some stuff. Some stuff from people. But you, you go ahead. Okay, good. I'm glad I interrupted you. Uh, <laughs> my last note was truly what percentage of people actually read liner notes, and that that is my last case for streaming because you know you hear a lot of people saying like, oh yeah, the physical media and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, but truly, like, who is actually listen or reading that shit? So that's all I had. The only people making that point. They're the only ones. Yeah, and it's it's also like, you know, people who already have an extensive record collection or people that were avid music listeners with the liner notes before streaming was a thing. And and part of, like, liner notes to me is, like, looking at who played on the album or looking at who has credits to stuff. And you just go on Spotify and click song credits, and then you see all that stuff. And sometimes it's not always there, but it's still, like, it's an option, you know? Yeah, and to that point, they actually did a good... Um a good way of doing that compared to like the early days of the iTunes store where they just didn't have that information at all. And right. so Spotify does that in a like responsible manner of keeping all that information if they have it and letting you view all that. So you can still be a big fan and listen to stuff on Spotify. But also if you're a big enough fan, uh, you can go to allmusic.com or you can go to yeah. Wikipedia or their website. All those sources exist, and and yeah, it's nice to have physical copies. I love having physical copies of some stuff. I mean, it's super fun for me to have it, but if I didn't have it, I mean, again, we're like such a small percentage of music lovers that we want this. It's just not, it's just like, I look at the people I live with, and they don't care, you know? Like, it's fun to have it in our house. You know, Kara loves having the record player. She loves putting on records. But it's not like she like it's not like she's not like oh man I really want to have a physical copy of this album. We just have it because right. like I like to have it. So if she likes it, we'll get it and we have it. But it's not something that she wants, you know. Yeah, at this time, owning a physical copy of 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 a of a record or from an artist that you really like is more of a sign of supporting them. Right. Um, so if we're about to go into the, the points against streaming, even if not, I, I want, I want to read off some stuff that, uh, I, I posted on Instagram, uh, if anybody uses Spotify and how they feel about it. And I had some interesting conversations and, uh, but I'll, I'll read three points, two of which are pretty similar. So, uh, the, these are, these are the three answers that I got. So the first one is yes, because I am terrible if they use Spotify the second one is thinking of switching to Bandcamp, and the third one is switch to Apple Music. So the first one, yes, because I am terrible. I asked why that person is terrible. They're a musician, and they were like, "I, I would, I like would like to support the artists more. I wish I could do that. Like I, that, I, I want to stop. I want to stop using. I want to support artists more." But to go back to the point of like, could this person support the artists more? It's not really an option, not really an option for this person to do that. Uh, and so to have the option to listen to music this way makes sense. But there's this weird guilt because the next person is also a musician. Um, they use Spotify, but they want to switch to Bandcamp. So Adam, you buy a lot of stuff on, off of Bandcamp. Can you talk about Bandcamp for a second? Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know what Bandcamp is, it's kind of like a like just an online store of indie, mostly musicians' music. Less so now than it was originally. But the idea is you buy it and most of the money goes to the artist 
or to the label who's posting the music up. It's much more similar to iTunes, though, than Spotify. It's not really a like streaming service other than you can listen to albums before you buy them. Yeah, they're mo- like, in full. You can't just hear like a sample of 30 seconds. You can listen to the full song or the full album. Yeah, I'm a very big advocate of Bandcamp. I love Bandcamp. Their mobile app sucks so hard. It does suck it's a lot. so bad. I don't even try to use it. Um, But so another musician thinking of switching to Bandcamp. Now, this is the final one. This person switched to Apple Music. Now, here's the reason why, and it totally shocked me. Uh, the reason was because of the social media aspect of Spotify. Do you guys know about this? You guys know about the social mm. media aspect of Spotify? I know that there are things you can do where you can tag what you're listening to, but you can just turn those things off. Okay, so you like us being friends on Facebook, if we have all of it turned on or if we're following each other on Spotify, then we can see what we what we're, what we're listening to if we make that public and we can see what playlists we're making if we make that public. Uh, so this person had an issue with their ex where they could see everything they were listening to. They could see every playlist they made and they couldn't stop looking at it. Like that was a big thing in their relationship was music. And so they felt like, I, I, I don't want to see this anymore. I don't want this to exist. Uh, so they left Spotify because of that aspect and went to Apple Music because they couldn't handle not not couldn't handle it. it makes it sound like it's like a whatever but like didn't like the fact they could see what the person was listening to i found incredibly interesting never would have thought about that never yeah i mean maybe i would have just started a new spotify account maybe under my email that's not related to any social media or like messed with some settings whatever the reason i guess that's a valid well, but reason. then you lose all the value of spotify and the discover in your your library like history and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you could you could unfollow the person, I suppose, but I don't know if that was maybe a thing that was too hard to do. You know, I, I there's a lot of like logic behind that. I could you, you could you could say because oh, it's a breakup. You could just do X, Y, and Z, and then it'll be fine. But that's so hard. Um, right. So yeah, that aspect really really shocked me um, because I, I I remember the first time that. That, that I realized Spotify has this because I log into Spotify through my Facebook. So I was listening to the Hairspray soundtrack. And this is this wasn't recently. This was, you know, I don't know, maybe eight, nine years ago, something like that. And it popped up on my Facebook feed. Hagen is listening to the Hairspray soundtrack. And people started commenting, like, giving me shit about it. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't want people to know everything I'm listening to. So I immediately turned that off. And no one, like... I uh, when, when I made our playlist last week, I had to make all my other ones private because I didn't. Just, I just don't think about it. But I was like, no one, no one sees this. This is mine. This is these are my playlists. This I don't share playlists with people. I'm not one of those people that's like I made this playlist for you. No, these are mine. Like the twenty the 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 twenty first century mixtape. Yeah, but that's what a lot of people do. A lot of people love making playlists for each other, which I suppose is another positive of Spotify is that you can have this sharing amongst, hey, I listened to this or I made this playlist for you. I'm sharing it with you. But yeah, I, I genuinely, uh, I, I hate I hate that for myself. I don't want that. Uh, but it, it makes sense why someone would leave that doesn't have it, like that doesn't want that aspect, that wants something yeah. new. Whereas, you know, if you if you were analog, if you're totally analog and you had vinyl and CDs and things like that, you wouldn't have to worry about someone being able to see what you're listening to because it's in your own house. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then the Bandcamp thing that makes that makes sense on some regard. But we'll get into 
um, you know, all of those reasons why uh, it, it, it maybe makes more sense to, to for me for me it's it's a the fact that you can have on Spotify I know exactly how to use it I know exactly what I need to do with it every I know where everything is right away and it's just so convenient uh, but when I think about something like Bandcamp as many times as I've gone on Bandcamp to listen to music um, I've had moments where I'm like man I can't really get to this person's discography as easy as I want to right and forget about mobile like. It's the, so bad. The mobile app is well, horrible. To, to that point, the only way that I listen to anything I bought on Bandcamp is I throw it into my iTunes or music app library on my Mac, and then it goes it goes to my other devices because I I pay for like a Apple Music type thing. That's just my local library, though. And right. It's so like twenty bucks a year, but all my stuff shows up everywhere, and so all the Bandcamp stuff just feeds into there because the app is so bad, and it's it's hard to. I, I don't want to go like have extra stuff show up that I can't listen to in full. I, I right. know that's like not a big concern on Bandcamp, but if you listen to an album a couple times and you haven't bought it, there might be a limit, and you have to buy it at a certain point. Right, and I can see that, but like the again, you know, we have to juxtapose our experience with the, with streaming with the average listener. And so oh, yeah. when nobody's it comes to Bandcamp, I, nobody's going to do what you're doing. Well, yeah. and the thing the thing with Bandcamp, you're saying, like, it only has so many listens. The the artist only can give so many free plays on their page. Now, when they make more right. money, they get more free plays. So it's a really cool system. But, you know, if if someone, if people keep just keep listening to shit for free on Bandcamp, that artist obviously makes no money. And then eventually the plays run out. Uh, so, I, I mean, it's a good system. I, I really do like the Bandcamp system. Yeah, it's a fail-safe for the artists so that they make money. Right, exactly. Right. Uh, are we ready to get into the uh, argument against streaming? Yes, and I would like to start it off with my... Uh, I know Adam and I are somewhat audiophiles, but uh, one of the bigger complaints that people will have is that, oh, well, you know, the sound quality of digital music and especially the sound quality of streaming, which, you know, that that's a huge conversation that people have nowadays. But, you know, if you're a lot of people know, OK, well, you know, the highest form of uh, audio form is typically, you know, wave or flack or whatever it may be. But, you know, to keep it even simpler, we're talking about like vinyl uh, is typically what people like to listen to. It's uncompressed audio. And then it goes from there. Even CDs and tapes, you know, CDs are notoriously bad because they use MP3s. But, you know, they put streaming, especially um, Spotify and the most of the ones we're talking about, um, excluding stuff like Tidal, um, they rank at a quality that is less than a CD. So most people can't tell that difference, but I think it is important to say, I mean, unless you have the most sensitive ears unless like you're a dog like it's just you won't be able to tell it's yeah, it's, yeah i don't it's, think any normal person is going to be able to tell the difference other than some like extreme examples yeah for people who aren't like super in tune with listening a lot uh it could be comparable to you know having uh 4k uh could be vinyl or 8k whatever whatever the newest hippest thing is and then listening to streaming services like spotify could be the equivalent to watching at 480p where it's not high definition, but you still get all the same information. Yeah, but the thing is, even then, it's yeah. it's a little more similar to 
like watching a Blu-ray like 4K copy versus watching a movie on Netflix where right. it's right. streaming in the kind of the same regard of Spotify. Like the quality may go up or down depending on how your connection is. Yeah, because like if you're watching something in like 480p, you might not even be able to like make out what's happening or hear. Like it just right. might not be as clear. The thing with the audiophile argument to me is I just want to know what you're trying to hear. I don't get it. Like I, I do get it in the sense that I love hearing stuff on vinyl and I love hearing the difference and some stuff ends up being more clear, but the way that I listen to music is very different and it comes from a place of like, oh, I can hear the bass more clearly when I'm on vinyl or something like that, you know, but audio files, I just, I just don't think they're listening like that. I, I mean, I don't know though. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, if you're an audiophile and you exclusively listen to music, like while you're driving to work or while you're working out or something like that, then it's like, you just, you don't need to be, you don't need to have that high quality of music. But if you're someone like Adam and Jackson, uh, I'm sure they're, you know, in some cases, even plugging in headphones directly into their record player and they get fed this higher quality of thing where they spend time specifically listening to music that way. Yeah. And I I wouldn't call myself an audiophile. I mean, I'm just at most, I enjoy the difference because I can appreciate an MP3, a catchy song. Cause it, I think this really all goes back to the argument of a good song is a good song. I mean, unless it is a horrendous recording, I've heard some, like a lot of, uh, you know, earlier or joy division. Sorry. That's the band I'm thinking. Of. I was listening to a joy division song today and I was like, man, this sounds like shit, but wow, this song is incredible. So they're just, times where you know that argument is really you know you're just kind of being an asshole and i think most of the people who actually make the audiophile argument aren't true audiophiles because a lot of these people the way to you know when we're talking about vinyl most people aren't listening it to it through tube amps it's going through a digital signal somewhere so they're yeah. losing that actual uh waveform that they're talking about but you know right it's like it's like i have a i have a record player going into my tube amp going into my bluetooth headphones yeah (laughs) exactly yeah the people who make a big deal about the files too i mean it's it's also a difference in records are mastered differently if they're done right and so that's a bigger factor in the sound quality than purely saying it's like lossless or something because you can have really great sounding digital files like a flac file is going to be should be theoretically the same as a record but it depends on how it's mastered yeah every time that we have sent uh our band has sent something to be mastered they specifically ask you how are you releasing this is it going to be digital only is it going to be cds is it going to be is it a vinyl release because there are specific uh mastering techniques you use so yeah it really is tailor-made and a lot of stuff nowadays you know that we're talking about like on the smaller level somebody will just master it that one way and then just kind of shotgun it and just it'll go out the same way which is not to say like you know i i I remember seeing this footage of uh beck and his band talking about this thing that's this uh media player that neil young was about to release it was a promo i think it was called like uh pono Pono or or yeah yeah something like that uh beck was they were they were just releasing morning view and he was like or it might have been it was either him or justin midell johnson the bass player it was like we recorded all this stuff on vintage analog gear and it was all the tape and if you hear it in the studio it'll make you cry because it's so clean so well done and so beautiful and then 
when he was like, you know, when I think about somebody trying to listen to this on 360, uh, what is it? Three Is it megabytes or kilobytes? Kilobits per second. Yeah. Yeah. When I think of someone trying to listen to it on this, it makes me feel really sad that we spent that much time doing that. And then it just gets digitized and squashed. I mean, I can see their point but no one's gonna buy a dedicated music player like that well, yeah that's that's no that's the thing that i'm thinking of is like you know going back to what you're saying if you're a true audiophile then you have to have you know all of this shit you have to have you know the record player into the tube amp into you know and then you have to have the records that actually work for it you know being a massive metal fan and especially a modern day metal fan most of those albums are not made for vinyl so I buy them because I love the album, and they do sound maybe a little bit different, but it's not made for vinyl. So like like having a uh, um, an Animals as Leaders record on vinyl is like what the fuck? Why? It's like I'm collecting it, and and it, and it sounds cool, and I can put it on. You know, it, it it's it's a cool like it, it it does sound different, but it's not, and I, it means I'm listening to the album also, which is a really big thing to point out with with Spotify and 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 just listening to music online. It doesn't necessarily mean you're listening to the music. You're not dedicating your time to listen to something all the time. Whereas when you put something on in vinyl, you're investing yourself physically because you put it on and you have to flip it over and then put the next one on. So there's an actual investment into what you're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the cost of having all of the stuff to actually have a good sound as an audio as an audiophile, I mean, go fuck yourself. Like, just listen to it on Spotify. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, that's so I mean, that's so I mean go fuck yourself. Yeah, that's <laughs> definitely the top <laughs> echelon. But when we're talking about investments... Uh, I do think it's interesting to bring up that you know, and we can just drop the whole audiophile argument because no, it's a, none of it's us. It's a good point. Are... It's a it's a good point to make. I mean, it's important to note we're we're talking about the points against streaming, and that is a very good point against streaming is that there are people who do really just like to listen to things physically, and sometimes it's just like the the aesthetic of it or whatever. I mean, there's people who you know have fixations on something. And the most common one amongst most people, I mean, I, I think myself, I, I, I'm speaking for Dave here, but I, I have an oral fixation. So I like to like, I like to always have a drink in my hand, you know, um, that sort of thing. So there's yeah. some people who just have this thing of like, if I have something physically, it does more, you know, it feels, it feels different. It feels better than just doing the digital thing or just not doing it you know well and you know i think an interesting thing to bring up with that would be like adam if um let's say for example if spotify uh up their quality and paid paid the musicians fairly would you use spotify i mean maybe i i've never actually given spotify a fair shot because my well, my experience with streaming was with the apple music thing and it you know, imported my existing library and then was like, well, we don't have the streaming rights to that, so you can't listen to it. Right. And so that just, that was enough to make me go, I just want to keep owning my music, quote unquote, and listen to the things that I have this way. Right. I guess I asked specifically about Spotify because it is the biggest streaming, like music streaming service. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think I should give Spotify a shot just because of the discovery angle, because it's hard to find new music without having something like Spotify at this point. Is it time to get into the how, like the, the the how much musicians get paid part? Is it time to get into that negative? Yeah, I mean, I think that is a prominent negative. Yeah, it, it definitely is. But before we get into that, I do want to mention that when we're talking about uh, the investment side of it, there definitely is a there is a science behind 
your relationship with a piece of media that changes whether you have bought it or not, which is the quote unquote investment. And when we're talking about $10 a month, I mean, I, you know, I could probably look the past couple months that I've had Spotify. I've probably listened to a bunch of new stuff, but I couldn't tell you what it was. And I don't have this kind of investment in it. Whereas, you know, as we mentioned, you know, like, my Moses Sumney record that I got this year. I mean, I feel so attached to that because I physically have it and there was actually, you know, a good amount of money spent on it for the vinyl copy. And, you know, I even there was songs on that record on the second half of the record that I was like, I don't really resonate with this, but I already had it and invested in it. So I forced myself to listen to it over and over. And I was like, okay, actually, no, I get this. Whereas on Spotify, I know there are not so. I'm going to stop saying Spotify on streaming. There is a tendency to, okay, well, if this didn't scratch that itch for me, I'm going to move on and find the thing that does do that for me instantly. Whereas, you know, I, and that's not really streaming's fault. That's not uh, the listener's fault. That's just kind of where we are. There's such a wealth of information and there's so much, so many things grabbing for our attention that it's very easy to say, well, if I don't like this, I'm not going to, even though everybody is telling me, hey, this is really good, I'm just going to move on to the next thing. Whereas, like, hey, I have listened to some of my favorite albums, like The Shins. I have have never heard a Shins record the first time and liked it. But about the fourth listen, I'll be like, holy shit, no, this is actually amazing. And The Shins have released some of the, some of my favorite music over the years. So there definitely is that, that, an actual science behind you feel more invested when you spend $20 on an album. You want it to work. You want to put the effort in to meet it halfway if it's not meeting that kind of thing. And I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad for it. I guess that's up for everybody to decide. But for me, I like that that kind of give and take relationship of, hey, maybe this album wouldn't have done it for me on the first try, but because I paid 30 bucks for it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really work with it and like an actual develop a real relationship in some sense there's a there's a buyer's remorse that goes along with that and so you know before streaming you had if you bought an album it might be one of 10 albums that you own and it's again the buyer's remorse you spent ten dollars on it so you're gonna get as much as you can out of that product the result is that you've learned that much more about that point in time of an artist's uh, writing process. So you spent more time with that song on Moses Somebody's record, record that you didn't na- actually enjoy. Now, if you're in 2020 and you're about to release a new album in 2021, you had better think about like, uh, should I put this song on the album? Because if I want it to do really well, if you want to get from the independent realm of releasing music and you want to break into like the mainstream um for example maybe if i were phoebe bridgers i would think i'm going to still write the way that i want to write but i'm going to try to think about the landscape of releasing music that's going on these days i'm going to keep most songs under five minutes which is generous because most songs that are in the top 10 are under three minutes and 20 seconds So I'm going to try to keep the song under five minutes because I know that the majority of my fan base has the patience, but I also want to entertain the people that want to, that, you know, pay attention to the top 10. So I'm going to try to keep it in under five minutes, but, uh, and express myself, but I need to make sure that if someone's listening to this, they can't just think halfway through it, their brain shuts off and they go, 
yeah, I don't really like the song, but I really am interested in the newest X song that's easy to digest. Well, so, and what's actually really funny about that is I read this article that there are actually examples of music writing changing because of streaming and how exactly the pay method works. So, and what I mean by that is the biggest example that they've used is that uh, in order to beat the skip on uh, streaming, they have now uh, a lot of the songs you'll notice the chorus hits sooner. I don't know what it is, and I think it might be different for each streaming uh, platform. But you have to get—you don't have to have a full listen to get paid. But no, in general, is, it's it's the first thirty seconds. So what you want is somebody to listen to 30, 31 seconds, so you can get that the money. Um, so there have you can see an actual. Uh, it'd be interesting to see it maybe 10, 20 years down the line. But there has been in, a, a lot of examples of like you notice choruses have now been shifted, you know, maybe they hit just right after that 30-second mark, but you'll notice that the hook may be at the very beginning of a song. Like, it might be in the first 10, 15 seconds, or the chorus hits in that time, which, interesting. I mean, that's yeah, not necessarily about, a bad or a good thing, but it's No, we're, ta- we're talking about action. song structure, because, like, before, before this was the thing, when you look at, like, the mid to early 2000s, the most popular songs... Although they had a chorus, they also had a, a very catchy hook of a verse. They had a very catchy hook of a pre-chorus. The entire song was a hook to yeah. the point that like the only thing that made you know that it was a chorus was the fact that the song was named that. Yeah, I, I you say this, you say uh, you know about the chorus coming sooner or earlier in the song, uh, and I think immediately to uh, Dua Lipa and her her album she released this year, Future Nostalgia, which I truly think is the best one of the best pop albums of the year. But her biggest single is Don't Start Now, and uh, the song literally starts with the chorus with this like effect where you can't really fully hear it, and then it goes into the verse the first verse. So it's not like it's it's not like uh, you know it's the chorus I guess, but it's like oh there's this catchy thing happening right now and then the next thing that happens is the verse and the reason everyone falls in love with the song is because of the baseline and i'm sure dave hates this baseline i I don't know it okay i bet you'll hate it because i bet you'll have to play it at a bunch of cover gigs so dude i'm ready for it (laughs) i love pop baselines because whenever there's a pop baseline that's a hook i love playing that shit it's 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 a really I I think it's a great baseline. I think it's awesome. Uh but currently the song's sitting at over a billion plays on Spotify and I would be willing to bet that it's because of I mean it's a great song. I really do like it and maybe it's because of this effect of the song starts, here's the chorus and then verse pulls you back in and then right. the, when when the chorus hits it's like even better. Like it's a songwriting technique that I think you know it makes sense in terms of uh, it makes sense in terms of like the streaming aspect and how you can make money, but it also, as a listener, it keeps me interested. It makes me so excited when that moment comes, even if it is thirty seconds later. It's like, oh, this hits so hard now. Well, it's not. It's not for nothing. But like to, to think about like the comparison with food. I am hungry, but like imagine Dude, if it's like me too. Someone, so yeah, someone says to you, "Hey, we're gonna have pizza tonight," and the excitement that you get from, "Oh my god, we're gonna have pizza," and then. 30 minutes later, you get the pizza. You're even more excited having known what you're expecting. Right. Man, if I don't have pizza at fucking 930 at my door, Dave, I'm going to be 
fucking pissed. <laughs> well, you Dave's better call ordering, that shit in. Dave's boy. ordering all of us pizza out. right now. Yeah, Dave, order all of us pizza right now. That's what you're no, doing. No, I left my phone charger at work. I'm not ordering y'all anything. How does that have to do with the ordering us pizza? You're on, I gotta you're save on my a computer. Battery. I gotta you're save my battery. You're on a computer. You're in front of a Literally computer. Literally on a computer right now. Yeah, but I have a full screen. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, really what I'm saying is I'm not gonna buy anybody in this group pizza. <laughs> his boys are on his screen. He can't minimize... I think I think it's don't really, minimize the boys. <laughs> you don't minimize the boys. <laughs> I think it is really time for us to get into the nitty gritty of the payment and why a lot of people hate Spotify and why Spotify really get people get really upset with Spotify. Um, uh, Jackson, I'm going to hand this off to you to take this. Wait, I, can ahead. I start with my only cool fact? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. So uh, after selling 1.3 million copies of 1989, Taylor Swift would have made $174,720 in streaming royalties. But because because she took it all of her music off of Spotify at the time that she was releasing that album, she made 10 million for selling uh in on iTunes for 12.99. Yeah, I I think that's an amazing opener. Um and I just I want to kind of go off on that and talk about specifically i know i said i wouldn't mention spotify again but um how i always like to open this discussion with anyone no matter if you're a musician who understands the pace scheme of streaming services or if you're my mom is here you are you have paid ten dollars a month for your subscription service you have your month 90 percent of that month you listen so let's say the Foo Fighters. So 90% of the month you listen to the Foo Fighters. Here's the question I have for you. Should $9 of your $10 go to the Foo Fighters and the other $1 be divided amongst the rest of your music that you listen to? That would be fair. I think we would all agree you spent 90% of that time in your subscription listening to that band. Um, but that's not how it works. So... What happens is it gets divided amongst, you know, what typically happens is it, it, there, it is like a top 1% of music. It'll go to some the, the likes of Drake. Uh, uh, Ed, what's the guy's name, the ginger guy who plays guitar? Ed Sheeran. Sheeran. You were going to say that. You were right there. You said you Ed. You were fucking right there. <laughs> I was going to say Ed Sheehan, and I was like, that sounds wrong. Oh, my God. You can tell you don't have... St- uh, any streaming services that you regularly listen to? No, you can tell. No, you can tell he doesn't listen to pop music. That's what you can tell from that. <laughs> yeah, that also that. So, uh, but there is that. That's not necessarily the biggest issue with the pay scheme. But you know, if you're listening to only local bands and you never once play Drake or Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift, um, why should all that money that you're spending be going towards them? So there have been a lot of uh, artists uh, the past couple of years who have started to advocate for a more uh, a different pay scheme, which is a huge thing, a huge undergoing for Spotify. And of course, Spotify would push back on that because it's a lot of work on their end. Um, but that that's the big thing I like to open with. Uh, do you guys have any comments on that? Well, no, because if you really like, let's 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 go down a timeline. Let's say uh, Post Malone on uh, Bandcamp. Before he blew up, what was it? White Iverson, I think, was the song that he got noticed from. A bunch of people started sharing that on Twitter. And basically, the Post Malone we know today came from Bandcamp. 
So let's say Post Malone's off band camp signs a record deal and is about to record his next hit single. This is the timeline that you go through. You meet with the producer. You start to record a song. You catch on to something that's really big. Let's say there's another two people in the room that have good ideas that contribute to that song. Now you have four people involved, not to mention the label. So let's say there's six people at the label. There's 10 people. Post Malone releases that song. 10 people have credits on that single. Then it goes to streaming. If he's on Spotify and he gets uh, a million uh, listens on Spotify, a million streams on Spotify, let's say that generates him because it's 0.0043 per stream uh, cents or something like that roughly. Let's say that gives him um, maybe $1,500. Then he has to split that amongst 10 people. You don't make hardly any money. If you have someone like Drake, who has one of his hottest songs, get, I think Drake might have been the first person to get over a billion streams on Spotify. He doesn't need that money, but he's getting a cut of Post Malone's hit because that's the way Spotify is, is done. So the money that you spend into recording an album like that or a song, you don't yield that money back, and there's no feasible way for any artist to do that other than to get big enough that they can put the put the bait in the water and then draw the the bait back and go you have to fish have to leave the water if i want to make the money that i should make and fish are never going to leave water on their own accord dave you're a real fisherman i can tell adam Adam, do you have anything that you want to add to this before I, i i i fuck some shit up or at least attempt to before i bore all of our listeners with my math the, the only thing that stands out to me is that while it may not seem fair, that's how the business has to work for Spotify to make money. Yeah. There's no way they can convince people like Taylor Swift to put their music on Spotify, for example. No, but could, like the, the, things, the thing that's happening, the real like big picture thing with all of this is that the industry changed. Spotify caught the, <laughs> they caught the worm first. And they're making the most money off of it. And now there needs to be legislation and and artists and all these people rallying behind um, a fairer way to make this thing that is the next step work. Yeah, and by the way, the uh, the statistic is that the top the top 10% of artists, which we're talking about the Drakes, the the Post Malone, or not maybe the Post Malones, but the Drakes and whatnot, uh, the top 10% of artists receive 90% of the streams. So... That's just some numbers. Well, but I, I guess my thing that I'm I'm stuck on is like if they didn't pay those top names their amount of money they're getting now, they wouldn't be there, and most people wouldn't care about Spotify then. If a big you know if a big movie studio pulls other stuff off of Netflix, people care less about Netflix. And and here's the big thing: like, welcome to the way the music industry has worked. Like that's it. Right. That's simply it because I. I that's the big spoiler alert to like all the stuff, all the math I'm going to say here. But like the whole thing is like, of course the big artists are getting paid so much of I mean, And maybe they're not, they're not getting paid as much in certain scenarios, but the big thing is like, you know, a smaller artist like us, let's take moniker. For example, our band moniker, we're not going to see, you know, this much money because 
we got we're not gonna see that much money because we got like 200 streams you know 200 streams on one song is like pretty that's fine but here's the deal you guys ready you guys ready for me to like do a do a breakdown of certain shit fuck us up i'm gonna try i'm really uh, this is i'm gonna do my best to not just like stutter over all of my words but it's gonna happen all right so i decided that i wanted to compare album and uh 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 album sales for the artist from the 90s to now because i thought that would be the most maybe the the closest time we could see as to like how we have the modern payout system so let's average out uh, a price of an album in the 1990s to 12 dollars okay that seems pretty reasonable dave you mentioned 20 dollars i think yeah i would say that that's low yeah i think i think 10 dollars for a lot of stuff too uh a lot of the numbers i saw were giving me 12 dollars as the number for the for the average uh, so that's what I'm going to use now. So the artist revenue from each album would be a dollar twenty, ish. Okay. Now we have to break it down this way because that's how Spotify is broken down. We have to break it down by payout per track. So what is the average number of songs per song per per album in the '90s? Uh, I'm going to go with ten. Is that does that feel appropriate to everybody? Does that feel okay? Yeah. 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 So that average, yeah. That means that uh, the artist would get paid twelve cents per song every time someone bought an album. Okay. All right. So let's go on a low end here because you, Dave, you you actually hit the number on the head. You said point zero zero four three. It's point zero zero four three seven is like the higher end of how much people get paid per stream on Spotify, which is a hilarious number. Like point. We're talking about cents here, people. Like yeah, point yeah, yeah. zero zero four three. If someone said to me, "Do you would you rather like I'm going to give you some money right now? It's going to be point zero zero four three cents or point zero zero four three seven cents." I'd be like, "I don't fucking want either of those. Penny, <laughs> pennies, pennies in Canada aren't even a thing anymore." Right. So here, so here's the thing. So I'm going to go with a lower number to start us off, um, because. Spotify has used lower numbers than that. So if we go off of 0. 0.0011, 0.0011 cents per stream, that means that someone would have to pay play the song 109 times to equal the same pay as one track on an album in the 90s. So one listen, or sorry, one purchase of one track. 100 and, 109 plays equals the pay that an artist would get from one song on an album, right? So from from one person buying an album, thus having all the songs, you buy the album, that artist makes that money mm-hmm. versus one that same fan listening to that one song 119 times. 109 times, but that's not that but, 109, but, it's, sorry. but it's not that same fan because we have to consider right, Of course, because, well that's what I'm saying is like it's fucked already. Well, but we but we have to consider we have to consider this. We have to consider the fact that now your music is out there to the entire world, right? So if you take into the fact that not everybody has to go to a store and buy your album, they have to go on their computer or go on their phone because most people have a smartphone. I would say the majority of people have a smartphone. All they have to do is go on their phone and listen to your song, right? So that's a that's a, that's a low number. Now, if I actually use the number we were talking about, if we use 0.00437, they only have to play your song 27 times, okay? Now, if we're talking about one person, that doesn't add up. But we're not talking about one. We can't talk about just one person anymore, right? We can't. 
because the model has changed. So if the model was exactly the same, then this would be even more fucked than it already is. I'm not saying that it's not fucked, but we do have to take into account the fact that there are more people who have access to music now. Everybody has access to this. So t getting 27 plays on your song equaling, equals the same as you know one person playing that song originally when they bought the album, that doesn't seem that far-fetched to me in the fact that everybody has access to this and they have to pay everybody something, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like I was saying before, where even if you own, like, you release that song on your, um, it was the same way before, but when you release that song on your CD before there was streaming, artists didn't make all of that money. No. They still had to pay back the label, they had to pay back the songwriters if they didn't write the songs, the producers if they didn't make the music. Again, on an average, on an average $12 album, they would make roughly $1.20. That's as much as the artist would make per like like the three of us moniker. We released an album in the '90s and we sold one album. We made a dollar twenty. I mean, like I don't know how many albums moniker has sold, and maybe it'd be it, it, it would definitely be more money. Maybe I don't. I, it's I, I can't. I don't know the math. But even still, let's say we're on a label in the '90s and we sell five you know, five albums, that's, it's, it's like, we're not making that much money and the label's no, pissed and, then, and it becomes a whole thing, right? The yeah. model has shifted. And so this is a negative. What I'm telling, what I'm telling you is a negative in the fact that, you know, artists still aren't getting paid properly. And the conversation definitely should be going into how do we restructure the pay format? Because that makes a lot of sense. How do we restructure the format into which, you know, a lower artist could get paid even if they have a lot of plays Instead of just paying, you know, the higher artists a lot of money. My mom just called me. I'm so sorry. Um, no, you're fine. <laughs> with, with, without restructuring the, the format, the owner of Spotify suggested that artists release more material. Yeah, which is, it, that, that's something we definitely talked about uh, a lot and people were heated about. I have no negative feelings about that at all because yeah, it's it's bullshit that he said that and he shouldn't have said that, but it's just the truth. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. I mean, it's just it's it's how to work within his algorithm. Yeah, I mean, in 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 terms of his brain and his algorithm and his program, it works better if you release if you if you release a lot of music. So therefore, he does better, I guess. And if you're really popular. But the thing is, is that like if you actually want to be known in any regard. In any, we're talking about any entertainment industry right now, right? You're talking about movies, television, film, video games, influencer, whatever, whatever you are making your money on as an entertainer currently, you have to be constantly releasing content. That's just the way it works. There's, you can't, the, 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 the concept of I'm going to take time to release my album only exists once you can get to that point. Right. Yeah. So it's, it, it kind of also plays into the fact that like is it really viable to make a full length record in these circumstances right yeah so uh to throw a, a bit of more numbers at you guys uh i sent this chart to you guys at the beginning of the week but um i found this nifty little chart that talks about the total plays that would be needed to earn the u.s minimum monthly wage which comes out to around $1,472. So on the lower end of the spectrum, the streaming platform that pays the least is YouTube, and they pay 
per stream rate, you would need to make that monthly minimum wage is 2,133,333 streams. On the top a end, month. a month, a month. Uh, and on the top end, which ironically Napster pays the most is 0.019 is their pay per stream. You would need per month seven or sorry, 77,477 streams. So, you know, monthly minimum wage kind of puts it a little in perspective and maybe we'll put this in the show notes just so you can kind of look at it and interpret, but you know, I, I don't really know how to interpret that other than it's interesting to actually see the numbers in front of you of like, okay, if you actually wanted to live on what the U.S. classifies as the minimum wage, um, you would need this many streams. And the idea of getting 77000 per month. And then also, that's for one person. So, you know, if the average band has four to five people, you have to multiply that by however many people in that and also the overhead costs of just paying for the album and stuff like that, so... Yeah. Right. I, I think all this shows is that it is impossible to make money from streaming and expect to make money from that as your like only income. And I also think it's weird, um, just before I forget about it, I think it's it's very telling that Spotify has like got the best be, the worst reputation for this because they're not even the ones paying the least. They're just in the middle of the pack. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's because they're, you know, the biggest. But, I mean, Amazon is way worse, and they're one of the richest companies in the world. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're also one of the cheapest, so it's not surprising that they pay less. Yeah, I would, I, I would dare say that this is not streaming being fucked. This, like I said in the very beginning, this is the music industry. This is the way it was going. There was no way around this. The moment that you could buy a song on the internet and just have it on your computer forever... We were going this direction. That was it. That was it. And and if you and if you take the pay that someone was getting, you know, from that, I, I didn't look that up, but I, I really do think that, that that was the issue. I think that, that that's where we got into this situation. And I do think that it's bullshit that people don't get paid fair for their streams and for their plays and if you equate it to X, Y, and Z, but I mean, the music industry has never been fair. And the music yeah. industry especially can't be fair when there's everybody releasing music now because now everybody can release music and everybody can put it on spotify so if you want the music industry to be fair then you can't i mean there's just no way around it i i i i I literally like sat one day like we decided to do this episode and i sat uh just just like in this room after i did some of this math and i was sitting here and i was just like i don't know if there's a way to make this work like there, if if everybody if everybody can release music, how can you make this fair? That's like the the issue being the fact that you know when once once music became viable on iTunes, yeah, that was problematic. And then now we now we're in this thing where, you know, everybody who knows anything about music can make a track, and GarageBand will guide you through the parts you don't know, and then you could just press a button and GarageBand will do its best to mix it for you. And then you can, or you can like go through one of those service. I forget there's a service that you can pay for, or I think it's free where like they'll, they'll try to mix it for you. The computer will do it. And then you just send it off and it's on Spotify. So how do you make that a fair payout? What do you do? Yeah. I I think that's the 
biggest issue that we're hitting here is that yeah streaming is unfair but it it's paying artists has always been an issue and the last note i had on the case against streaming on my notes was that musicians now have to find alternative ways to make ends meet whereas you know an established name and i'm not talking about the huge bands but people who are in the middle of the pack who are just making enough you know they make enough money they live off of it they now have had that kind of rug swept out from under them to where, okay, now we have to work a little harder than we used to because we were selling enough records. Now that we've had uh, that the record sales uh, cut in half and whatever, maybe half isn't the right one. Now they're having to, as we said earlier, make more music. They're having to tour longer. They're having to do these VIP packages, etc. And like just thinking about that kind of stuff, a touring longer is detrimental to your mental and physical health in the long term. And it's just uh, making more music might yield, you know, less and less returns as you do it. Uh, if you're not able to actually, you know, spend the time to develop it as you need. And uh, the VIP packages, uh, personally, thinking about a meet and greet after uh, this pandemic, I cannot imagine what that would be like nowadays yeah i mean we've talked about this before but unless we get testing more rapidly available that is like rapid testing more readily available uh going to shows and doing vip meet and greets is not going to be a thing yeah but even before that uh thinking about you know you have these bands like coheed now does these uh meet and greets it's part of their shows it's just expected from the fans but i was even thinking about that just imagine like before the pandemic imagine if you know claudio sings he he's a really high singer if you've never listened to coheed imagine if a sick guy just happens he's like i paid 300 bucks to meet claudio sanchez and then he just decided i don't give a shit i'm going to take my picture with him and then you fuck the like week the rest of the week's shows because now he's got a throat thing just imagine that and they're right. kind of have to force to do that because they need to make the money. They have to make ends meet now um, because the revenue stream from the actual sales or, or the sale of the record, really records have now become, and they arguably always have been, but they've now become the promo for the show, which I hate right, yeah. that way. I well, hate that. Because we have, we have examples of, uh, you were mentioning Jack White once upon a time where he was, uh, when you buy a ticket to a show, you also pay some of that money towards buying an album like his, his whatever that album was that the album that he recorded in both LA and in New York. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah. And a lot of bands actually do that. Muse did that on the, their drones tour. And I, I think they, a lot of bands just do that now because actually that counts towards their record sales is, uh, right. so if you, if you sell out, if you sell out a 20,000 person arena and with every ticket came your newest record, that goes towards that record. You're like the, right. what is it, RIAA? It goes towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, the long and short of it really could be that, like, artists have already gone through uh, changes like this in the industry. At one point in time, a, like, we call it a single because of vinyl. Like, artists would just record a single that came out on a, on a vinyl and it was like that one song on the thing and that's what went into jukeboxes 
yeah i i i think that uh you know in terms of you know singles and eps and stuff like that i mean you mentioned it earlier dave is it worth it to record an entire album yeah i don't i don't know i think if you have the if you have the financial availability to do that and that's something you're really interested in then yes but i can think of two examples off the top of my head one for recording an album no matter what throughout your entire history as a band the lead singer of of dawes of course i'm going to talk about them uh he said that that he wants them to be an album band so they will always release albums because that's the way he hears music and that's the way he writes music but then you have an example i think you mentioned hagen somebody who uh this was a while ago that released an ep that was like a minute long songs and there were like 10 of them or something like i don't know if you can remember the artist but it was kind of a hip-hop thing. Oof. Oh, are you talking about uh, Tierra Whack? She released... I, uh, I yeah, no, that was from me. Uh, she has... A, oh, yeah. It's called Whack World, and each song is a minute long. And that was done because it was like this poetry thing that she had, like, each song can only be a minute long. Yeah. But that's, but that's in some way, that's kind of serendipitous because you're more likely to listen to that record five times than you are to listen to a record with that many songs one time. Yeah, and it's like 15 minutes long, and it's got this whole like visual thing with it. So, yeah, and you can listen to it on Spotify. And, yeah, I'm, that's a great point. I didn't even think about it through the lens of streaming whenever I discovered that album. I think uh, when it comes, you know, releasing music, it's such a – it really just depends because a metal band only le- releasing singles, I don't think that would fly with the metal audience. It may. And some, I, I, I say this now, and then I guarantee you, and uh, if it hasn't already happened, there will be a band that cracks that code for the metal uh, scene. Um, I've got you, dog. Then, Don't worry. I've got you. But then you. if Just there's a, going, if there's a, uh, like a, a rap artist who only wants to release albums, that's probably not the smartest thing because like you're audience probably just wants to hear singles and that's what they're going to gravitate towards so i think it's really tailor-made to what type of music you're releasing and then also it comes down to i don't think anybody really truly knows what's what because it there no matter who you are you're gonna have all types of people listening to you. you're gonna have the general population you're gonna have people kind of in the middle and then you're gonna have the diehards who are like i want your music on vinyl i want to hear the progression of it that kind of stuff so it's really difficult um I think the way we should end this uh, topic is just kind of say, what's the answer? Um, And, or what does the future maybe look like? Because the way I see it, streaming's not going away. The genie cannot be put back in the bottle. Um, But you can use streaming while also supporting music uh, that you listen to more than casually. That's, That's the best way going forward. I don't like streaming, and I don't foresee myself ever loving it. Maybe one day I will get casual about it and not be so aggressive in it, but it's really hard. That's something that you know I have to work on for myself, and I don't think any musician should have to feel uh, guilty for living in a modern society. That's not on you. It's definitely not. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing that I would advocate for anyone. If you have the means... Um, you can still stream. Do that. Everyone should do that, and it's never going to stop. Genie will not be put back in the model. But if you listen to an album more than casually, if you listen to an album like every week or more than five times, 
Maybe consider buying a ticket. Maybe consider, you know, maybe you can actually buy that album. Maybe just go buy a t-shirt, whatever you can do. Um, I think that's kind of how I see the best way for music to go forward fairly is for people to realize that what you're consuming is somebody's not bread and butter, but it's some, somebody really put a lot, somebody put a lot of money into it. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of that is that artists now are starting to say, Hey, you know, if you really enjoy this, please consider visiting our merch store. That's becoming a part of, you know, the landscape now, especially since COVID. But I don't think that there, I think every conceivable, uh, remedy for how the music industry is screwing artists and the in, in the public at large are screwing artists any every remedy would be based on a moral uh high ground that the average person is not willing to participate in yeah it's it's a restructure of the music industry also it's a complete it's a complete like change in ideals for the way that they approach things is like you know, for so long we've done it this way, and now you want that. Now you want it changed. I mean, like, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, streaming is still not even fifty percent of the music like industry revenue. There are still like fifty percent of the revenue is coming from people buying albums, which obviously records have had to come back, but that's not a big part of that. But there are just lots of people still buying CDs and digital downloads, and those are going to go away eventually. They are. And streaming is only going to keep growing. Yes. And make this problem worse for mm-hmm. smaller artists not getting paid and potentially never having a way to make money off their I think, music. I think I have, to, I, have, I have to like be a mean person for a second if I haven't already been mean enough. And I have to be mean to small artists um, because, you know, if you're a small artist and you release an album <laughs> – what is that, Dave? What do you get him? Get him. <laughs> Jackson's flipping me off. Dave's telling me to get him. Listen, if you if you're a small artist, I'm not saying you don't deserve to get paid, but I I I, I I'm gonna bring up again. How many small artists do you know in your town? Are you one of Are you one of five? Are you one of twenty? Are you one of I mean a hundred? I mean, we're in Denton. How many fucking small bands are there? How many local bands are there in Denton? There's so many. And how many? Yeah, them- like do, does does Joe Schmo who just played his first gig deserve to be paid the same amount that that you know a band that's been well established in that same area for a long time yeah and and i think i think the big thing is like of course we all want to get paid fairly for our plays of course we all we all look at the numbers and go like hey man my song got 200 plays i'm so happy about that you know i think i even talked about on on here uh, the the matthew and the arrogant sea stuff has been getting played like crazy on spotify i was so like i was brought to tears when i saw the when i saw some of those stream numbers it was so amazing that's not a lot of money and but it's it's you know it's not about that at this point because we know it's not but if you're a small artist and you see that not that number and you're like where's my money I, I mean what did you do you put a song up and people listen to it that's cool but the music industry has never worked like that the music industry has for for so few people worked like and even if you hear a story from any band that's like you know, we got lucky. We got a, we hit our big break, and then you know we released an album, and then we sold everything. That does, that's all a fucking bullshit lie, and it all comes from a background of work and so much stuff that goes into it. So, you're a small artist, and you have thousands of plays on your song, and you want to get paid a thousand dollars. 
uh, sorry, put more work in. Don't complain. You can complain for a second. You can be pissed off, but you got to put the work. You got to put way more work into it. That's just the way. That's just the way it always has been. And now, since we're all independent artists and not depending on labels, you have to do way more work. That's it. Yeah, you have a potential to make more money off of the work you put out because you don't. You you haven't sold that to a label to invest money into you, so you don't owe them that money back. But you have to get to that point where you make that money. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like like I said, there's just too many people. There's too many. There's too many musicians. Too many giant air quotes musicians. It's like it's un unbelievable. Yeah, and I think that for any small musician, you have to really restructure the reason why you're doing it. If you're upset that you have a hundred thousand plays on a song and you're not getting paid enough to pay your bills off those streams, you need to restructure the way... Why did you start doing this? Because I guarantee you it wasn't to make money, because I don't know anybody who uh, want, started music to make money. That was that was something I was going to ask. I was going to ask all of us, but then I kind of figured that would be like a not great question to ask. But I was, I was going to ask, especially you, Jackson, I was going to ask you, you didn't get into music to make money. That wasn't the reason you did this. No, dude. I got into the calculator store to work uh, to make money. <laughs> yeah, no. Nobody starts uh, being an artist or anything to make money. So if you've gotten to the point where in a hundred thousand uh, streams, even if that's not making that minimum wage that we talked about, that is an achievement, and I'm proud of you. I don't care who you are. That is awesome. Um, but you really you got to restructure it and think about, hey, why did I do this? And Maybe now I have, you know, it probably doesn't equal out to 100,000 people have listened to my song, but you haven't met 100,000 people in your life. And that is an amazing er, achievement that you have reached 100,000 just on that one song. That's amazing. So you really got to restructure the way your expectations. Yeah, exactly. Even even just Hagen saying work harder is like if you have 100,000 streams on a song and half of those people buy a t-shirt, and they're like, hey, I want to buy a T-shirt. 50,000 people are like, I would like to buy a T-shirt. Yeah. And you you haven't worked hard enough to have merchandise available on a website. Then you're, you're screwing the pooch. You're fucking up big time. I'll give like a couple examples being, do you know how easy it is on Spotify to just put a link to your merch? It's literally on Spotify. It's not, it's not like you have to put in your description your website. You can literally put your merch on Spotify. It's not like it's difficult. And then the other thing is, is that uh, my roommate was just telling me a story about his friend who is now doing, uh, this is not music, but I mean, we're talking about putting the work in, right? He's doing streams on YouTube of himself just talking about whiskey. He's a big whiskey enthusiast and he's just talking about whiskey, drinking whiskey, and he goes to these conferences. So everyone's watching him. He started a Patreon and within like 20 minutes had 40 people already on his Patreon because he put the work in because he was like, hey, here's what I'm going to do. If you pay this much money on my Patreon per month, you're going to get a whiskey glass with my logo on it and so on and so forth. It's like this, it doesn't just happen. This is all especially again because this is all independent. We're all independent. If you're lucky enough or unle- unlucky enough to be on a label, then no, you're not doing all the work. But almost everyone nowadays is doing the work on their own. You take a yeah, look so at, every dollar you make is your dollar. Yeah. You take a look at like influencers and you can shit talk influencers all you want to, but they do a lot of work. They put a lot of work into editing videos or making it look just the right way, even if it's just a one minute TikTok. I think it's all bullshit and dumb, but people love it. And that's a, they, they put the work in to make it just right. 
And if we're talking about music, you put the work in to make the music awesome, but that was your passion. So now you do the ugly shit. You do the bullshit where you make the merch and you make the other stuff happen. And if that's not your, that's not your shit, then I don't think you're going to make money off this. And if you do, then you're just like a, like a very small percentage and good for you. I'm so happy for you. Damn. I'm like, I'm like so heated. I like, I don't even like Are you you're sweating. <laughs> I'm not sweating. I'm not sweating. No, no, no. But I, I'm, I'm going to check my heart rate real quick. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're, I think that's a good way to wrap up uh, the topic. I, for, you know. for not working out right now, I'm, it's pretty high. It's about 95 is my heart rate right now. 95 BPM. That's not, 95%. not bad. 95% heart. Hell yes. Yeah. And, you, and again, you had a lot I, of heart. You're almost on Lynn Manuel Miranda <laughs> level of heart. We can, we can wrap this up, but I really, I like, I want to say that all this shit I'm saying about, you know, you know, this is the way it works. You have to do it this way. It, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm not saying I'm pro any of this. I'm saying that this is just the way it is. And very unfortunately, we have to do this. We all have, if you're, if you're a musician, if you're in a band, if you're doing whatever, you have seen this happen. And even if you've played some local shows that are blowing up, which you haven't recently because obviously um, reasons, but you know, if, if, if at some point in time you played two local shows and they blew up, that doesn't mean that you know, now you're going to get all these plays and you can just stop working. That means you have to play the next local show and maybe there's five people there, but that doesn't mean that you don't play the next local show. You can be annoyed about that if you want to, but that's just, that's just the way that everything works. I I can't think of an industry that doesn't work like that. It's just the way it goes. You should advocate for the world and the change that you want, but no one should be faulted for living in the modern society and living in the world and working with what you have. Go for that change. Try to make the world that you want and never stop that. Go for that change, but then I... Go ahead, sorry. No, all I was going to say is just like, do not fault the next person right next to you who is trying their best to make that work. And maybe it's not the way it should have to be done, but it is the way that it is being done. Yeah, I mean, we're we're, we're looking at a, a super shitty industry. It's always been a shitty industry. It's never been nice to its artists. It's never wanted its artists to make money. It's just been a side effect. And so, um, you know, and that's, and that's a very small percentage of people. So I honestly, like the, what it comes down to and what I really want everyone to know, if you are a musician listening to this, is just don't stop working. I mean, do not stop putting in the hustle. Keep hustling, keep working, keep writing, keep making music. It's not fair, but you just have to, and you can. Yeah. And eventually it'll work. It'll be good enough that it's, it, you're going to catch your audience and it's going to work or you won't and you should stop doing it but even with that uh if you don't catch your audience i mean as hagan was mentioning earlier i mean moniker is no big financial or like outreach success but i look back on some of the songs that i've written with the band and like some of the things thinking about like oh shit like i have music that is out there in the world that like i'm really proud of that and if i were to hang up my you know coat today and say that's it i'm done with music i am proud of the songs that i've put out in the world and i'm proud of the effort i made and and not not only that it's like even you know with hagan saying all those things about working harder moniker is still in the throes of doing that we're we're far from done as far as i'm concerned and hopefully the other two members of the band feel the same way but like yeah totally we're still gonna we're still gonna put that work in and make more songs and release more material yeah please go listen to us on spotify that's that's the best way to wrap sick this plug. topic up sick plug 
Uh, all right, everyone ready for the next one? Hey, listen. Oh, that's my uh, least favorite one. Uh, I got I got I got I got all of our cameras fogged up. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make all of the hey listens this month a little spoopy. Is that like a weird way of saying spooky? Yeah, are you are, Yeah, you're uh, new here, aren't you? <laughs> Damn. I don't know if that's a foreigner thing or you're just old, man. He doesn't even go Probably here. Both. <laughs> Probably both. I'll um, kick us off. I've no, but, been but, listening but, to... But what, what I was going to say... What the shut up, Jackson. Day. What I was going to say is I'm here for it. I agree. I like it. Wait, actually, Jackson, pause for one second. Jackson, really pause for one second. Dave, have you never heard Spoopy before? No. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. Okay. <laughs> okay, Jackson, go on. So what I've been listening to mainly, uh, Idols li- released a new album called Ultra Mono. And if you don't remember, last year I discovered them. Uh, they released an amazing punk album uh, that really, for me, revitalized punk as a genre for me. And then this album, their third album came out, and I would say it is right up there with that second album so uh, i'm just it's balls to the wall it's really exciting it has important messages uh, sometimes it can Ugh. be really on the nose but it, it's just it's fucking fun it's an adrenaline rush and i love it well um, it's like it's like a good fucking punk album like you know it, it it's it's that it's that thing that punk came from which is like i'm gonna be angry about the world and i'm gonna i'm gonna scream about how angry i am about the world and how fucked up things are but it's like the modern version of it that's like really good and like sounds yeah. like like production wise is really really good. That album is incredible. I'm so I'm so happy for them. This is one of those instances where like I'm seeing a band explode and do so well for themselves. And like I know some people can be like ah oh, selling out, but like I'm so proud of them and I'm so happy for them that they're becoming so huge. And I have tickets to see them uh, in Spain next june but uh, you know at this point who who knows if there will be any shows in june but let's hope the energy at their shows looks fucking incredible so i am dying to see them that that's one of those bands that i just have to see before i die and then other than that you know i'm back on hamilton baby uh listening to it all week listening to broadway musicals all week so uh you guys got a little bit of that shit um uh, by the way, I sent each one of you individually a, an episode of uh, that show, Song Exploder, about Hamilton. Did any of you watch it? <laughs> Not yet. No. When did you text me on Tuesday? Is that right? Today's <laughs> Thursday? And I was out yesterday? No. Not, God no. damn it, guys. It, like, there, there's an amazing and- episode. Uh, this one's for Olivia, not you guys. So, Olivia, there's an, an amazing episode on the Netflix series Song Exploder where Lin-Manuel Miranda and the other uh, people in the Hamilton musical explain the writing process of uh, Wait For It. And honestly, it was one of those moments where it's only like 30 minutes long, and after it was over, like I genuinely felt inspired. I was like, I'm so happy people make art. Making art is such an amazing thing, and I was so just like, damn, I was so excited. So uh my fuckhead co-host won't li- uh watch it but i hope i got olivia, stuff to do i have stuff it. to do <laughs> i like that can we can we just give olivia her own segment like hey uh olivia 
Check this out. <laughs> Olivia, if you send, uh, you know, like a sound clip to like email me a sound clip, I will put it in the show. I'll find a way to make it work. <laughs> Incredible. Um, okay. Uh, so I have been listening to uh, Jackson. I texted you about this King Mothership. Uh, it is. You didn't like it. That's a shame. I think it's great. Um, so it's, it's this band that has the singer and drummer from periphery. And then this bass player who I meant to do more research on. I haven't done it yet. Uh, but it's like this very, very great, I think great version of prog music. Uh, it is, it's, it, it, it's got a lot of different things going on. The first song on the album is like, oh, this feels like, like a pop punk thing. And then it takes a turn and it keeps turning. And I'm like, oh, this is what prog music needs to be in so many ways. I think it's wonderful. Um, and then I will not say the full thing of the next thing I've been listening to, but I will tell a story and then Dave can go. So uh, on Saturday morning, I, me, me and Kara were cleaning our room and Kara I had, and I. I had this album playing and it was, uh, it, it, it was an album that I'm sure you can imagine what it is. If Dave's next, if you're a listener, I'm next. <laughs> Um, so Kara didn't really pay attention to what I had put on, but she, she then says to me, it looks like, it looks like you were playing an album by a band called Dave's, uh, <laughs> uh, which it was not that it is a band called Dawes and it is so perfect that she thought it's called Dave's. Um, uh, so this is Dave's. Because what I've been listening to <laughs> is an album called Good Luck With Whatever. <laughs> But it's the new Dawes record. It's incredible. It's so fucking good. It's so good. And Adam and Jackson need to listen to it and get the fuck on the train of Dawes because I am pumped right now. All week, all I've listened to is Dawes. It's so good. I'm sorry, just Dave. That album. I'm a bit busy. I don't have Spotify, sorry. I have things to do. I, I just don't really give a shit what you guys like. Well, <laughs> that hurts me deeply. I'll listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've enough, genuinely enough. never listened to Dawes. I've listened to you gawk over that band, and I've just, never listened yeah, I, to that. I don't band. even know what kind of music it is. Me just, neither. Actually, so. Just do yourself a favor and just listen to Didn't Fix Me off of the new album. It is so yes. fucking... I, like, the, the album I've been listening to, but I keep... If I'm just like... If I drive from just one place to another, it's like... I think the song's like about five minutes long, and it's perfect. It's perfect. I love it so much. Preferably watch the music video with it. It's, but it's, it's it, too much work. Well, anyway, too much work. <laughs> yeah, Whatever. they're busy avoiding. I use the, Spotify, the Adam. That's even that less work. <laughs> yeah, Jackson sent us a half-hour uh, TV show to watch, and none of us did it. I yeah, genuinely, exactly. I sent that to my mom as well because when I got no response from you guys, I was like, "Well, I know my mom will watch it." <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I've been listening to that new record, and it's really good, and. Uh, I'm just I one thing that's really cool about this band if there aren't a thousand things that I will say the one thing I will actually say that I think you guys will find cool is that before this album came out the lead singer and songwriter Taylor Goldsmith had already had the eighth album written and scheduled to be recorded and then a month after they had that eighth album ready to be you know to go into the studio he had the ninth album written. And that's what we were talking about. Like, you know, making uh, bands that want to make full albums. 
and I was I mentioned Dawes being one of those bands. He's really serious about that. They have he has nine their ninth album written, and probably in a year or two they'll schedule the recording session. By that point, he'll have the tenth one done. He's really adamant about like making as many albums as possible. But yeah, that's all I've been listening to. It's so Adam? it's so good. Uh, the only thing I have a note is that I listened to Clipping's new album, uh, Visions of Bodies Being Burned, which is not out yet, but they have a stream on Sub Pop's website that I promptly downloaded so I could listen to it. Um, and it's great. It's a companion album to their album from last year that they recorded at the same time, apparently. And uh, it's on that same level. It's awesome. I haven't listened to it yet. You sent it to me, but uh, I really... See, I sent you a link and you didn't yeah, listen didn't to it. it. This I didn't is what do we it. do. Yeah. It must hurt. I, uh, it's interesting you say the sub pop thing because I mentioned, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned that's how I listened to Man Man's album before it came out. Sub pop does that a lot and it's very cool. It's a very cool thing where you can like go listen to the album early if you do X, Y, and Z. I don't know what you had to do for the clipping album, but. You had to, uh, I think it was you had to buy it. Yeah, I pre ordered the vinyl. And so I listened to that first song that came out and I was like, well, yeah, I'm in. Like, uh, I'll go ahead and buy yeah. it. Yeah. Even though I don't like pre-ordering things, but I can listen to the whole album now, and if I change my mind, I guess I could cancel it. Yeah, if it's know. really shit, then I guess you could, but I, I highly doubt it. Yeah, I had to I had to pre-order Man Man's vinyl, and then I was able to get the, yeah. the album like a month early. It's great. It's a really great system. Or you can just pre-order vinyl from like really small artists who don't really understand distribution, and you'll just get it like a week or two early. That's what I do. Wow, you're so cool. So Anyone cool. ever told Jackson he's really cool? No, probably not. I have actually. Haven't. Probably no one's ever told Jackson. I think that. actually he texted us like last week. It was like, hey guys, am I cool? And none of us responded. <laughs> Individually. <laughs> Individually. Uh, yeah. Anybody have anything else? But his mom did. Anybody have anything else or can I take us out of here? Take us Get out, us baby. Out of here. Okay, so I have a couple of out of out things. So uh the first thing is we talked a lot about, you know, uh vinyl, physical copies, whatever. If you do have a record player or if you are interested in supporting, you know, artists, also consider supporting record stores. I'm going to shout out Mad World Records here in Denton. I don't have a physical, physical location anymore, but you can go to their website and um, they're really good about updating what they have. And that's where I buy basically everything's from Mad World. Uh, I'm going to go on a quick little rant here, and that is the world in, obviously, I think we have, most of our listeners are in the U.S., but the world here in the U.S. is opening up in some dumbass way because whatever reasons, and so we're all doing more stuff. I'm doing more stuff. I just really, really want any of our listeners, if you're not about wearing a mask, just please just wear a mask. Like, I just, I, I had a COVID scare yesterday. I was really fucking freaking out about it. Um, it's because I've been doing more stuff because we can, and I have to work and make money. Uh, but if you're out in the world, I just, I just ask you to please just wear a fucking mask. Like it's, it's not, it's not hard. It's, it's not fun. We don't like to do it, but we have to do it. So please, please do it. Yeah. Please do it. But it's it's also, it's also not that bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just more of a don't be an asshole rule. Yeah. And just for anybody who can't wear a mask in a grocery store for fucking, you know, half an hour when you're in there, uh, my job entails me working outside like 90% of the day. And I wear a mask the whole time. Today was yeah. 90 degrees outside, and I had a mask on the whole time. And I even put a face shield on because, you know, people just don't respect your boundaries. And I don't pull that mask off ever. If I can do that, so can you. It's yeah. totally and if, fine. If you're, having, if you're having trouble wearing a mask in for half an hour in a grocery store, I assume you're not smart enough to know 
that every grocery store that you go to has a fucking service you can use where you pre-order your groceries and sit your dumb ass in the parking lot. Yeah. Here, here, and wait for them to bring out the groceries to you. Here's the thing is that you can do that. You can you can wear a mask. You can you can if you are, you know, privileged enough to do this, you can also do like the Whole Foods delivery service. Um, you know, there's a lot of options for you to to not have to wear a mask. You can stay home if you have to go to work. Just just especially if you're around people. If you're lucky lucky enough to like have your own office or whatever, you know, you're in your own space when you work, that's great. But if you're around people wear your mask because it's just not hard it's just not and um i i I really really i I just can't say it enough like we we have to be better about it because it's just not hard it's just not that hard of a thing to do and and for the people who think that they they don't want to wear a mask because it doesn't work well it turns out that it works it it reduces your chances of getting covid by 65 percent just yeah, by turns you out wearing a mask. And here's, here, yeah. here's the thing I would like to say to anybody also who would like to say that it doesn't work. If you don't believe those statistics, that's that's your right to not believe that. But I would also like to say that the rules currently in, I would say, most of the country are you have to wear a mask. And so it's not that hard for you to just do it. It's not that hard for you to just follow the rules. Do you put your seatbelt on? Do you do all of these things that are the law, that are the rules in specific places? It's not hard, and and I and I, I really I guarantee you nobody thinks you look cool when you walk into a fucking grocery store without wearing a mask, and you're peacocking around the place because you're not wearing a mask. Nobody thinks you look cool. Yeah. In fact, people are probably frightened of you. Like myself, anyone I see who doesn't wear a mask, I am automatically scared of them, and I try to stay away from them. And very, I don't believe anyone truly wants to be scared or right wants people to be scared of them so you do have that effect on people and if anyone is as angry as we are about this there is a way you can help further by also wearing your mask is go out and vote we are coming up we have a i was gonna say less than a month the day that this episode comes out is the first day of early voting in texas and a couple of other states and everywhere will be coming up soon. So, so go vote. Go vote. No matter which way you vote, exercise your right and go vote. That's a big thing, yeah. Wear a mask while we're not, you vote. We're not, but, but wear a mask. We're not telling you who to vote for. We're telling you to vote. But I am telling you. I'm not telling you. I'm asking you with all of my fucking polite-ass heart that I have to just wear a mask. To just, to just do the most simple thing in the world to make a person like me who is paranoid as fuck and who, like, I think like all of us, to, to feel better when we're out and about. Um, so yeah, I, I, I didn't, I, I, you know, I don't want to make us all get all sad and serious, but this is important. And I I really wanted, you know, any of our listeners to hear that. I think it's very important. Uh, so Hayden, that was, we all appreciate it. It, You know, it's important to take the time to say these things. And, uh, to our listeners, I think a good way to close out this episode is, uh, please make sure to follow us on Spotify. Um, we really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, big, big, old, big old thanks for listening to us. We really appreciate it. You can hit the follow button on Spotify. You can subscribe on the other podcast apps if you're doing that. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at DFTA Podcast. I think is what it is. And uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, we really appreciate you listening to us. I hope you have a wonderful day with your mask on. And fuck off. Uh. Thanks for the interaction. <laughs> no, no, I wanted to add something to that. It's like every time someone 
follows us on a certain app or likes something on Facebook or sends us a message when we reach out and say, hey, we're doing this episode this week. What do you think about this? Every time somebody interacts with us in that certain way, it makes us feel like, yeah, okay, people are listening. It's worth us doing this. And we are happy to put the time in. We would still be doing that anyway, but it's just nice to have that reassurance. Yeah, we actively screenshot uh, you know, yeah, yeah, interactions true. that we have on the, you know, through email, social media, whatever. Yeah. It is. So like we we get it immediately. We it. talk about it. It influences our episodes sometimes. Uh, it can help us decide what to do next, which is a great thing. If you want us to do a topic, let us know. We'll strongly consider it. Um, my last words is, give me a towel. You ruined my flow. I'm angry about it now. Fuck off. Do you want to do it again? <laughs> that was way too delayed. Was Slam it delayed? It. Uh, let's do it again all right we do it one more time or is the episode over jackson are you cutting this off right here i control the edit okay so we're going to assume that we can do this and if you're still listening seriously thank you and say it along with us fuck off give me a towel (laughs) adam's gonna fucking kill himself one of these days (laughs) Like no, I have the only that. one that doesn't I have it. that video saved.